Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 141 of the Mo Money Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Morehouse. Thank you so much for joining me for another fabulous episode. And this one really is fabulous because it is a, it's a little bit spicy, a little bit fiery, because we're talking about fire, fire, uh, in case you don't know what that acronym stands for. And we, I think we talked about it a little bit in uh, Tanya's episode from Our Next Life. That's episode 133, if you're interested. Uh, fire is an acronym for Financial Independence Retire early. It is a whole movement that I kind of discovered, uh, I don't know, in the past couple months or past six months or whatever. And I really got to know it when I went to FinCon this past fall. And I am totally sold. I think it's so cool that there's kind of this movement that is uh, promoting people to not just save and invest for retirement, but try to go a step further and reach financial independence and retire early. Um, and so I kind of go in depth, deconstruct what FIRE is all about with my next guest, Bob Lai from Talkan.com. And uh, he is on the road to reach financial independence. I think he actually mentioned in the episode that technically he could be considered financially independent at this moment, but he wants to continue to work and earn money, save money, and invest uh, for his kind of dream of living anywhere with his family and uh, just living it up, living that best life. Um, so we really get in deep about you know a couple really interesting things. He has a uh, so much knowledge in that brain of his. So I'm so glad I kind of just like bombarded him with questions like, what's the difference between financial independence and financial freedom? We're talking kind of um, happiness and joy and balance and why that's so important to the FIRE movement. And let's look, and then we even kind of go real deep into like, okay, let's let's talk, you know, strategy. How can I grow my money to an amount that would allow me to become completely financially independent? So we go into all of this really great stuff in this episode. So if you wanted an episode that was about investing, you are in luck. Um, but before I get to that interview, here is just a few words about this episode's sponsor. Support for this episode comes from Tangerine Investments. Did you know that according to a recent study by Tangerine, over a quarter of Canadians, 28% to be specific, are committing to better money management practices for 2018? Did you also know that 63% of Canadians feel that investing is scary? If you're nodding your head right now because you're in one, if not both of those groups, then let's turn those New Year's resolutions into actionable goals this year. And let's start by getting you over that fear of investing so you can start working toward reaching your financial goals. Not sure where to start? Why not start by checking out Tangerine? Tangerine offers investment funds that are low cost and they follow a simple approach that doesn't require you to be an expert. Tangerine offers five diversified portfolios that are recommended based on your needs, risk tolerance, and investment goals. The best part? You can get started online in minutes and their investment experts are just a phone call away if needed. You can learn more at tangerine.ca slash investments. Once again, that's tangerine.ca slash investments. Thank you, Bob, for joining me on the Mo Money Podcast. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm so excited to chat with you because, well, you're a fellow Vancouverite, and I always love talking to Vancouver bloggers. There's not a lot of you. I was just at um, CPFC recently, the Canadian Personal Finance Conference, which is organized by uh, Crystal from Give Me Back My Five Bucks, who lives in Vancouver now. And she's like, there's not a ton of us anymore. And she got mad at me for moving away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there there aren't too many of us. However, I I've noticed a few here and there now. Um, oh, maybe there's some 
new ones yeah, maybe popping new up. ones popping up so maybe we'll hear more about them oh yeah hopefully that's cool um but yeah i really wanted to get you on the show because well not only are you from vancouver but you're also uh a fire person in that mm-hmm. you are all about uh trying to reach that end goal of early retirement which not only is that awesome but i find that i'm so interested to know how the heck you're going to try to do that cuz you live in vancouver one of the most expensive cities in the world you have a family uh you know you have kids and you're currently also working a day job and you do the blog and all that kind of stuff so you're a very busy person so i would but before that, like, I have a ton of questions for you. But before that, sure. uh, I really want to get a sense of, like, where you come from. What is your background? Uh, you started your blog, Talkan, uh, a little while ago. But I'd love to know, like, you know, where you got the idea for that. And you also talk a lot about, on the blog, dividend investing. So I'd like to kind of jump into that as well. But first, let's go, let's go back a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Were you always a big money nerd? <laughs> I am. So... <laughs> Like my 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 dad was uh, an an early retiree. Oh, was um, he? Oh, yeah. So he, he retired in his forties, and so we we always talked about money mm-hmm. growing up, and money wasn't a taboo subject. Wow. My, what ta- what age did he uh, retire at? Uh, early forties. Oh wow, that is early. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So so we always talked about money, and they got my parents got us involved in money subject pretty early on. Like, yeah. You know financial decisions and things like that. Oh, that's um, nice. So I've always been a money nerd per se. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I, I've been reading blogs like yours and other bigger bloggers for a while. And um, just like, hey, I, I know a lot of stuff, but yeah. do I want to start a blog? So I was thinking back and forth for almost six months. And because there, there were stuff that I wasn't comfortable about writing, like, net worth for example or oh, yeah. net worth of, with people on the internet or I still they're, they're, like I'm not yeah. telling people my net worth I'm just like a little yeah. afraid someone will somehow figure out how to crack into my bank account <laughs> yeah so so there, there are various subjects that I wasn't comfortable sharing yeah. on the internet and then I just you know talking to my wife and the more we talk the more it makes sense for me to start a blog yeah so I started one with the rule that one I, I wouldn't share my net worth and if yeah. you look at my dividend portfolio i don't share how many shares we we own mm-hmm. so there's there's some more personal sensitive sub uh, topics i don't share yeah you kind of keep some other, things private yeah, otherwise i'm pretty open in mm-hmm. terms of sharing my knowledge and the idea was just share my knowledge with other people and sort of journal what i what i want to do to mm-hmm. achieve financial independence early retirement my focus has always been re- reaching financial independence rather than early retirement Okay, what is the difference actually? Well, yeah, what is the difference between those? So financial independence just means your your passive income equals or exceeds your your uh, expenses. That's okay. pretty simple. Whereas mm-hmm. early retirement, like once you get to that point, you could retire from your job, for example. Right. But a lot of people you look on the internet, like Mr. Money Mustache and yeah. a few other folks, they still work in a different capacity. Maybe not like Mr. Money Mustache was, I think he was a software programmer, mm-hmm. but now he works as a carpenter because he likes yeah. doing that. Right. So, so for him, it's not a job, but you look at like when his stories gets published on, on the uh, major media, people are, Oh, you're, he's still working. So on. but 
it's it's not the same, right? So right. So my focus has been financial financial independence, mm-hmm. and if I decide to retire early, I could do that, but I could still work because I enjoy what I do at work. So yeah. gives you gives me more flexibilities, and I'm not, and also I'm not setting a date, a specific date, um, when I want to get there. So mm-hmm. my whole thing is about flexibility. So I said roughly say nine years will reach that. Mm-hmm. But really, if we want to do it today, we could do it. Like, right. you know, right. Vancouver real estate is crazy. So we yeah. sell the house <laughs> and then move to, I don't know, somewhere in, in the world like Southeast Asia yeah. from Taiwan originally. So that that's a lot cheaper there. Like, I'm from Taiwan. That's why my name yeah. is Taiwan. So Taiwanese Canadian. Yeah. So is it cheaper in Taiwan? I thought it was expensive it there. So, well, it depends where you are. And right. I mean, cost, like... If you're in Taipei, mm-hmm. um, the house rental would be kind of pricey, right? But food wise, is is like right. cheap, right? So, mm-hmm. so it it also depends on which area you, you live, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, or I guess my my wife's from Denmark, it would be a lot more expensive moving yeah. there for sure, right? But we could also move, say, maybe not Toronto, maybe Ottawa would be a little bit cheaper yeah, than Vancouver, right? So Montreal is pretty cheap, but yeah, Montreal. Again, French is kind of a French. thing there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, so my whole thing is about flexibilities and, and just the, the whole, yeah. if you, if you check my blog, the whole, I, I, I keep talking about finding the right personal balance yeah. in terms of spending for today yeah. and saving for the future. Mm-hmm. You can, you can't, yeah, sure. We could go the extreme by yeah. saving 99% of our income, but yeah. <laughs> we don't enjoy our life today. Or we yeah. can spend it all and we won't have a future. So so it's really finding that personal balance. Yeah. And and I don't like going the extreme because you're not going to enjoy your life today. Exactly. Right? And it's like you can't, it's not sustainable. Like you can be uh-huh. extreme for a bit, but eventually you'll burn out, you'll go crazy, exactly. and you might undo all that good work you just did. Exactly. So so that was my my whole blog. And I also focus quite a bit on uh, life philosophy. Yeah. Um, like how to be be happy, like things I learned along the way were, were into a lot of these um, self-improvement books. So when I read one yeah. or when I talk to my wife about it, then I tend to write a, an article on, on that topic. So I would love kinda, to know your perspective on how to be happy. Do you have the answer? Yeah, <laughs> I've so, been looking. Yeah, so, <laughs> so the whole happiness is about, um, well, there, there's two terms, right? so happy and mm-hmm. joy. So oh. happy, happy is more external driven. Okay. Yeah, there's a, there's a, the, uh, an expiry date that's called. Right. That. Cause happiness, you can only be happy for a bit and then right. it kind of goes so, away. So like you get a raise or you got yeah. something new that makes you happy, but joy is more ex- internal driven. Mm. So, um, like it's like you're at peace or you're, you know, you, you're playing with your kids and you're just like having it a joyful moment Aww. and that, that, that difference is, is pretty big. So, you know, you, you shouldn't try to achieve happiness. I mean, you should try yeah. to try to achieve joy. Um, yeah. And joy is, there's no time expiry, right? Cause if yeah. you, if you like right now, if I think about, you know, playing with my kids, I kind of feel joyful. Right. So mm-hmm. whereas you can, you know, think about that computer you bought, on uh, Black mm. Friday, and you're like, "Oh, do I really should I, should 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 I bought that?" Or yeah, 
deny. So it sounds a lot like the difference is, well, you kind of, you mentioned those like happiness. Uh, those are kind of little bit limited moments and sometimes they are tied to like maybe a material thing, but it sounds like mm-hmm. joy is more toy or tied with uh, experiences and people. Exactly. And so it's and, like and shifting your focus kind of that exactly. way. Exactly. And, and that's why you, you need to focus, especially when it comes to fire, right? Yeah. Um, what do you buy stuff or do you buy experience? Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's why we focus on more on the experience side, you know, mm-hmm. go out like, traveling, even, even it's okay to go, go out and eat, right? If yeah. it's, if it's a, still an, experience. an experience thing. So it, it, again, it's finding the right personal balance. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually, it's interesting. The more people I talk to you, um, especially like, you know, uh, younger people and and younger generations, it does seem like their shift is on, you know, they still spend and still, Mm -hmm. you know, overspend, but their shift is more on spending their money on, uh, experiences rather than stuff. I mean, people still buy stuff obviously, but, uh, yeah. And I'm like, I wonder where that shift came. Is it just because, you know, we saw our parents spend a certain way. We wanted to do something different. Are we realizing, are we all just reading a lot more self-help books? I don't know. Is it because we're realizing that? Yeah. It's like, I, yeah. When I think back to some, like the memories of like some good experiences, hanging out with friends or family, going on trips, I feel, yeah, it's like, I have this joy feeling. It's not like a happy Mm kind of like, Oh, that's nice. And then they forget about it, which is the feeling I get when I like buy something I've been looking forward to. And then I'm happy for like two minutes. And then I'm like, "Eh." (laughs) it's just a thing. Eh." Yeah. So that's interesting. And I actually didn't even know really that there's a big difference between uh, financial independence and retiring early. Like I knew because, well, and also this was another question I had too, and it might just be a very simple uh, answer. I feel like lots of people use finan- financial independence and financial freedom interchangeably. Is that mm-hmm. accurate? Are they the same thing? Uh, depends who you talk to. So financial independence, again, it's when your income, your, your passive income exceeds your, your expenses, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, financial freedom, it's, it's more a loose term. Some people use it interchangeably with financial independence. How I define it is financial freedom means you don't even need to worry about your passive income. So your passive income is so big that right. it doesn't matter if you change your lifestyle, right? So, so for example, say, Say you reach financial independence by by having enough passive income for that store number forty thousand a year. That's your mm-hmm. expense. Mm-hmm. Um, so you 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 could reach financial independence um, by having passive income for forty thousand. So that's times twenty five. That's a million dollars in yeah. your portfolio, right? But that doesn't give you financial freedom because if you're if you're living off. 40,000, that probably means you're not traveling a lot, you're not eating yeah. all, out, all that stuff. So what if your passive income gives you, let's say, $120,000 a year? Mm-hmm. That gives you a lot more flexibility. So you, you could change your lifestyle a little bit. You could, you could probably enjoy your life a little bit, go out, eat, traveling, all that stuff. So that, mm-hmm. that's where I, I, mm-hmm. I see the difference. Financial independence is more uh, maintaining your, your current lifestyle, Mm-hmm. versus financial freedom is you have the freedom to to change your lifestyle as you see fit. Oh, wow. that's, that's a really yeah. good uh, answer. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so now that you are on this journey to reach financial independence, uh, mm-hmm. like where did you start and what is your journey? Like what is your strategy to get there? Um, I've been saving since I started university, um, mm-hmm. but I was putting them in like mutual funds and 
Yeah, as we're told to do, you yeah. know, that's so, yeah. So kind of in my early twenties and I still, and, you're and, investing in like university days. Like that's probably yeah. ahead of the curve still. I hope, I guess so. And then, and then just as I learn more about stocks and so on, I, I bought a stock before the financial crisis. Yeah. So <laughs> that went down quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> but then at the same time, the interest rate went down. So I was like, Oh, I could hold this stock. It was paying dividend. And I was getting better rate than I would otherwise in GIC. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll just keep holding it. The, the bank is, it, it's uh, intact financial. Mm-hmm. used to be co-ING. Yeah. And back then I didn't even know ING, like, cause there's the bank, right? Yeah. ING bank, which is now uh, Tangerine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I, I didn't even know it's, it's different. So I was like, oh, ING, I know the company, so I'll just continue <laughs> hold it. And it turns out it's two different segments and they sold it to Angie later sold it to Intact Financial. But then like I know the the insurance company as well because mm-hmm. we use yep. them for house insurance. My parents do. Yeah. So I just continue holding it, holding the shares and thinking, oh, it's not going to go bankrupt. It'll probably come back. Yep. And it did. And you know, I've been getting dividend and the dividend keeps increasing over the years. And uh, yeah, I got I got money my money worth back from from I think dividends and then share price has been increasing. Mm-hmm. This has been what ten years. Oh wow! So that was my first dividend stock, and mm-hmm. since then, I mean, I, I was investing dividends in um, stocks in other like non dividend paying stocks, but my core has been dividend stocks. Yeah. I want to just uh, stop you there because I feel like there may be a few people listening that may not know, uh, like there's just starting to learn about investing. You you mentioned that there's uh, two kinds of uh, types of stocks. There's ones that pay dividends. There's some that Uh don't. Do you want to explain that a little bit further so people can understand like what is the difference between the two? Sure. So so stocks typically a company would would IPO um, to, to to uh, get get money from the market, right? So you see Facebook, they, they need yeah. more money to, 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 to bring into their company so they could invest that money. So they, yeah. they went IPO to get, and then the stock price shot up because people yeah. thought Facebook is a good company. So a lot of these um, companies, they, they, they uh, IPO, so they, have, they get their stock listed on the stock market. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a way for everyday people like like us yeah. to own a share of the company. Yeah. And and most of these companies, because they're still trying to grow their their profit, they don't pay out any dividends. Mm-hmm. So they, they want to re- reinvest the money they get from their like their they want to reinvest their revenue. Yeah. Right. Of course their their company they're they're so big, they they feel um, rather than reinvesting these these revenue profit, they could share the profit to to their shareholders. So right. these are typically bigger companies like, you know, Procter and Gamble, Johnson Johnson, Apple started paying dividends a while ago, because mm-hmm. um, they they're just sitting on they're billions big. and billions of, <laughs> yeah. of money of, of uh, dollars, right? So yeah. so that that's the that's the difference. So so typically, dividend paying companies are bigger; they're more mature. Yeah. yeah. So they could they could they could um, give money out to to shareholders. Mm-hmm. So what I guess would be, I mean, I feel like, okay, I totally see the benefit in investing in companies that give dividends. dividends. 
is the, you know, thinking that uh, investing in stocks that don't pay dividends, well, maybe eventually if I get in kind of early because they're, you're, you know, young and growing and I feel like their value will increase, you're kind of just getting on uh, the ground floor and eventually, hopefully they will be like Apple where they do eventually pay dividends. Is that kind of the strategy? Yeah. So, so on my blog, I only talk about dividend stocks and, and also I do, I do, uh, I do invest in ETFs. Index yes. ETFs. So I, I do a, a hybrid approach. So that, yeah. that's my core. So mm-hmm. my, I invest in dividend paying companies and, and, uh, index ETFs like, uh, Vanguard ETFs and such. Yeah. So that, that's my core. Yeah. And I do, I do also invest on like the more call it riskier stocks, like yeah. non dividend paying stocks, right. for example. So, so like, you know, the Facebook, the Google, uh, the Amazon, for example, those are yeah. bigger names. The, yeah. all, the, all three of those don't pay dividends, but they they're sitting on billions and billions of cash in their bank account. So eventually, they might start paying dividends. Mm-hmm. So the the argument with with people with some people is that oh, you're investing in dividend stocks. Those are more conservative, more mature right. companies. Whereas non-dividend paying companies, they might grow faster, right? You look at Facebook, Amazon, right. so. So I do my core investing in dividend and index ETFs. And yeah. then outside of that, a small percentage of my portfolio, mm-hmm. I then do the dabble. Googles. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> it might grow 10 times. So yeah. it's more riskier. That's why I don't talk about it on my blog. Right. Because um, it's like, want, there, yeah, there is the risk yeah. that it could not yeah. do well, but there's the risk that it, yeah. uh, or, you know, it could. Yeah. And, uh, and that's why, as you kind of mentioned, it's good to have a good balance. You want to be diversified. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to just invest in individual stocks and that's it because, you know, you're just investing your money in a limited amount of assets. So you want to right. be kind of more spread out in case something happens because yes, another recession will happen. This is cyclical. Yeah. These things happen. <laughs> yeah. and, and for the most part, if you, if you're just starting investing index ETFs is a, is a good idea mm-hmm. uh, yeah. because, you know, Picking dividend stocks do take a lot of time. Like, yeah. So yeah, like how much time and doing. research did it take for you to really decide on like what I'm going to invest in? Like it's, you know, quite a bit of work. It is. I mean, by now my, our portfolio is maybe, I think, to be honest, we hold too, too many stocks. So our <laughs> dividends portfolio, we, I think we hold like something like 60 individual stocks. Mm-hmm would be good to trim it down to somewhere around 40 to 50. Right. So yeah, it, it does take about a, a lot of time to, because you, know, you need to look at like typically high, there, there's a website that some people put out, um, like for example, Canadian, all the, all the Canadian dividend companies and the yeah. ones that have been raising dividend over the years. And so, so you get a list and then you start filtering, like you look at P ratio, the payout ratio, mm-hmm. um, dividend growth rate. And then that's kind of, my initial um, filter. And then once I pick a few, like say 15, then I do a deeper dive. Like you look at the peg ratio, you look at their, their P, their earning over the years. Yeah. Um, you start looking at their financial reports, like quarterly results and annual reports. Yeah. And you, you could and start looking at their balance sheet and that that's where it gets, takes a lot of time. Yeah. Right. So, so life and and the, the thing is if it's say royal bank right mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest yeah banks in canada mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a solid company so so the the thing you need to if you're buying royal bank you, to be honest you don't really need to do that much 
research. Right. It's, it's, just, it's a solid company. It, yeah. it just, you need to f- figure out at what price it's, it's, it's good. Right. right. And, and that's a, that's, that's a tough thing to do. Mm-hmm. And Whereas I guess kind of like what lots of people do is you can kind of make, um, I don't know what the proper term is, but kind of a test account. So yeah. you don't have to like put in your money, but I know, mm-hmm. I think Google has one and there's a couple ones where you can kind of yeah, pra- account, a practice yeah. account basically, yeah. which is, I think always yeah. a good way to get comfortable exactly. and you'll realize how emotional it can be when it goes up and down. Yeah. Like, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're actually, I don't know if there are still these websites because there used to be like when I yeah. was growing up, um, there, there are these websites you start with $50,000 and you could, you could, you could compete with other people for say a month or, or three months kind of thing. So, so that's mm-hmm. a way to get your, your feet dirty. Um, yeah. um, but yeah, it, it, it does take a bit of time to, to do the research, especially yeah. when you get to get to smaller dividend paying companies. Right. The ones that are just starting to pay dividends and you don't know them that well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that would require a bit more research and just evaluate. That's why, again, that's why I think if you're starting out today, index ETFs is, is the way to go. Pick like mm-hmm. three three index ETFs, a, a, a Canadian one, a, a US one, well, a Canadian one, an international and, and bond. Yeah. Uh, bond is another touchy subject because is it? You, you, well, <laughs> I think I was what's the formula. I think it's um, you're you're supposed to own certain percentage bond based on your age, right? Yeah, that, that's been the historic. I I don't even know the formula. I should. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah. But with with the low interest rate today, I don't know if that makes sense because yeah. you're parking that much money in bond, earning less than one percent. Um, yeah. Is it really worth it? So, yeah. so I, I think that formula needs to be changed slightly. I mean, we, we yeah. do own bond, but not, not, not as many. much as, as what we should yeah. according to the formula. So how did you figure out, I guess, like it, it sounds it's sort of like you are kind of following like that kind of couch potato investing method. Is that kind of like, how did you kind of figure out, um, like talking more specifically about um, index funds, ETFs, how did you figure mm-hmm. out you know, to do it. I know a lot of uh, younger people, that's why they're kind of going to robo advisors because it makes it very mm-hmm. simple to start, but it yeah. sounds like you do it yourself. So how did you kind of figure out how to do it yourself? Well, right now we own, we own two index ETFs. So the, the Canadian, uh, I think it's VCN from mm-hmm. Vanguard. Yeah. So that, that's the Canadian one. And, and if you look at the, the top 10 holdings we own, I think we own nine or 10 out of 10 of these stocks in mm-hmm. our dividend portfolio. And then the other index fund we own is VXC, which is the Vanguard X Canada uh, index. So mm-hmm. outside of Canada, so that that's my exposure for for international zones, for okay. US and, and other areas. Cool. Um, but in terms of what to pick, yeah, I, I follow the Canadian Couch Potato. That's a great great website. Great resource, yeah, um, yeah. And and uh, Dan has uh, these model portfolio that you could you could. Build your portfolio. Thank goodness for his model portfolios because so many so, people use them and they're so helpful. Yeah, and and it's it's a lot easier now, right? Because with Vanguard, they now you now could just invest in in Canadian currency. Used right. to be, I think, a couple of years ago, his model was like five different index funds, and I think two of them, the U.S. and the international, are in in U.S. currency. So you mm-hmm. you constantly having to change back and forth exchange currency. It's, it's a lot more complicated than today yeah so 
I, I think that's a great, great base to start with. Yeah index ETS. And then if you want to venture out to dividend investing, you could start doing that. And, yeah. and you know, there, there are ways to pick dividend stocks. For example, you could, you could look at, um, look at a few, that, that's the Canadian, right? So Canadian, mm-hmm. you could look at a few, uh, Canadian index ETFs, like the Vanguard, mm-hmm. the iShare, um, and then look at their top 10, Holdings, mm-hmm. and I could I could tell you what top ten what the top tens are. Usually, it's Royal Bank, TD, uh, probably Bank of Nova Scotia, Enbridge, mm-hmm. uh, Manual Life, SunShare, uh, Sun yeah. Sun SunShare Financial. Um, yeah, all all yeah. those, and you could you could you could then start buying those individually, right? I guess what's a good, what's a good way for people to really, cause I, I think what I hear from a lot of people, they're like, okay, I sort of understand the principles, but like, how do I actually do it? Or how do I find out what's in that fund? Like what kind of uh, websites or resources do you use to kind of do some of your research to find a little bit more information? Right. So, so if you want to look at, uh, I, I, I have written a, a blog post on it. Or okay. I will absolutely link to that in the show notes to make it easy for people. <laughs> but, um, yeah, in terms of ETF breakdowns, you, you just go on their website, so Vanguard. Uh, I think VanguardCanada.ca. Okay. Um, and then you just click on the on the uh, the index ETF, so VC VCN, for example, and then they'll tell you what's in there. Uh, a summary. Yeah, you, you could see the entire list. I think it owns like don't call on me, like something like two hundred something stocks. Wow. And then you could just look at you know say top ten, and then and then you go to iShare. And, mm-hmm. and other index companies and, and look at their breakdowns. Typically for, for Canadian indexes, it's pretty much the same because there is only a few top yeah. Canadian companies, right? Yeah. And so, so that, that's one way. And then there's uh, dripinvestor.org. Mm-hmm. I should know the, yeah, drip investing or yeah. drip investor. Okay. I'll uh, look it up. <laughs> yeah. I could, yeah. I could send you the link later. Um, <laughs> But yeah, they they have these. Uh, there are a couple of folks. They put out these uh, Excel sheets yeah. each month. So oh, good. one is for for U.S. dividend stocks, and then the other one is for Canadian dividend stocks. So they they kind of rank by how many consecutive years the stock has been increasing dividends by, and mm-hmm. and then like all all the all the uh, financial data and parameters and all that stuff. So you you go down the list, and then they they divide them into sectors and stuff. So it's it's a lot of stuff to learn, especially yeah. when you when you want to once you want to get into the whole diversification, like yeah. you want to own a certain percent in a different sector. Like you don't want to invest everything in banks, for example, yeah. or or everything in oil and gas. So you want to diversify, and that that's that's a tough thing with Canadian market because we're so financial and oil and gas yeah um, heavy. So that's where if you want to invest in U.S stocks that gives you more diversification totally like johnson johnson Procter gamble those are like big international brands right apple for example yeah so gives you more flexibilities and the other thing i'm just talking yeah no this is great information for people yeah the other thing is you also need to consider um like the tfsa and rsp right because that's another thing you really need to consider um income tax yeah. So that's, yeah. Another question for your kind of, um, dividend stocks. Do you house them in a, like an RSP or a TVSA? Yeah. So I, I own us dividend stocks only in RSP. 
Right. Because if you own U.S. dividend stocks outside of RSP, then you have to pay 15% withdrawal. Mm-hmm. withholding tax yes so that 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 could be expensive si- significant right say yeah. you say you yeah so say say i don't know say apple gives you two percent dividend and you're getting thing on 15 percent of that that's yeah. that's pretty significant so so i only own u.s dividend stocks in rsp and then with uh tfsa i own like if there's any real uh reads their mm-hmm. um real estate income trust um, I own those, the Canadian ones, I own those in, in TFSA because with REITs, if you're investing in, um, in regular account, in taxable accounts, and especially if you're dripping, drip means yeah. uh, dividend reinvesting plan. Right. If you're, you're dripping the REITs, the, the, it's really, 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 really complicated to, to calculate your, your taxes. So yeah. I, I try to simplify my taxes by only investing in REITs and income trust in TFSA so I don't have to worry about those. Mm-hmm. And for, for taxable accounts, I own like the Canadian stocks that gives you eligible dividend. So like the Royal Bank, the TDs, those you get tax credit. So you're, you're more tax efficient that way. Okay, good. So, so yeah, so that's like another thing. It's like not even just thinking about what to invest in, but where to put those investments, exactly. what kind of accounts. And it makes yeah. a big difference. You have to, yeah, uh, yeah sure. but yeah, I think uh, what you've done is uh, uh, pretty common from what other people have told me. It seems like a very good, uh, smart strategy to be tax mm-hmm. efficient because yes, we want to pay our taxes, but if we can uh, save a little bit, why not? <laughs> yeah. And then my, my other big thing with the whole fire um, yeah. concept is, how to withdraw money efficiently. That, yeah. That's another whole topic that, that that's I'm a whole, I know, right? That's a whole yeah. other thing. And especially I, RSP, like, cause you're technically not supposed to withdraw. I'm um, I think it's 71. You mm-hmm. have to, I believe. Yeah. It's like on your 71st birthday or 72nd yeah. birthday or something. But you, yeah. you could withdraw early. So there, there's different strategies. Um, that's one area I'm, I'm still trying to learn and explore. You got some to, time probably yeah, before and, you and need to dip into to, that. Talking to different um, different Canadians that, that may already may be further yeah. ahead of me so I, yeah. I could learn from them. Definitely. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I feel like I've learned a lot. Uh, and so I, I guess my kind of last question to you, and this is kind of something that why I got so excited about this kind of fire movement that I, I feel like I'm like, I can't believe I had no idea this was even kind of a sub community within the personal finance community, but it's really cool. But what I really yeah. think I loved most about it is it wasn't just for specific people that made a really high income and were going to be wealthy and can retire early, which is usually, I think, the concept. That's usually mm. what people think. You're like, you have to be rich to be able to retire early. But it kind of seemed like the whole movement of FIRE is actually about how, you know, kind of like, you know, Andrew Helm from Millionaire Teacher, you don't have to, you can you can actually achieve early retirement or financial independence um, on an average salary. You just have yeah. to make certain choices with your money. So, like, I guess my kind of question to you is, do you, do you kind of think like what you're doing, it could probably be replicated by almost everyone if they kind of um, just start making some of those choices and start really paying attention to their money and investments? Oh, for sure. I mean, we're, we're a single, single income family, right? So it's, not Oh, like I didn't know that. Huge. Like I, I work, my wife stays at home with the kids. Uh-huh. So it's definitely possible. It's, it's all about choices you make in life, right? Like yeah. I just, you know, it's about cutting your, your expenses and, and obviously to a certain point, you're still enjoying your life. And it's, 
But when it comes down to it, if you're saving 50% or more, you could do it one day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. a matter of time. You know, even if you save 40, 30%, you could do it. If you start young. Yeah, you it may could, just take a could, bit longer, but yeah. possible. And, and if you're in your 40s, 50s, you, you would need to save more. It, it's simple yeah. math. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, it's totally doable. And, and you know, it's, it's about, again, the choices you make in life, right? If mm-hmm. you go, again, I, I go back to, I like to use the latte factor a lot. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're like, oh, don't spend $2 or, I don't know, latte is like, save $5. Yeah, it's like don't, a 5 you, $6 drink now. I know. Yeah. If, you, if you save $5 a day and so on and so on. But I'm like, yeah, but it's, if it's something you enjoy every single day, yeah, don't take that enjoyment away from your life. Yeah, right? if it brings you it, joy, do it. <laughs> exactly, or or even just like a brief moment of happiness, like like yeah. that. That's that that's a thing that really kind of drove me nuts when I started because my wife is all about there's Danish words called hygge. It's about yes, I know, love that joining. word so much. It's about be cozy, right? <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. like having a cup of coffee together, sit around and talk, right? So yeah. she, she's all like, oh, let's go out, have a nice cup of coffee and then like go to the chocolate store and then get some coffee and get the chocolate and enjoy the moment, right? And on the back of my mind, like this is like years ago, I'm yeah. like, but we're spending like this amount of money and so on and so on. But now I kind of changed around, like this is totally worth it. Yeah. And, you know, there, there are other areas we could yeah for there's example, other like areas not, not going out for for food or you know um saving stuff saving money on other st- other expenses so, totally. so again finding finding the balance and you know, making your choices in life totally um, but yeah I, I think back to your question i'm kind of going off yeah the yeah no, 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 I like it. um yeah i think fire is totally 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 doable uh with your with your average salary mm-hmm. um like even if you're start starting young, totally do it. Totally could do it. it funny story. Um, 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 Christy took a picture at Millennial uh, Revolution. They took mm-hmm. a picture at, at FinCon, and I was in it. And uh, turns out a high school friend that I, I haven't really been in contact saw the picture on on her website, and then oh. realized it was me. And then it turns out he was he's already FI since oh. thirty two. So oh my he's gosh. Like, oh my God. I found somebody I could talk to about fire and so on and so on. So we started talking awesome. on, on Facebook. So, you know, it, it's totally do it. Totally doable. And yeah. And it, just, and it helps to be part of mind. a community that's supportive yeah, of each other, exactly. which I'm all about. Like, I yeah. feel like that is absolutely the reason that I think I've stuck to my guns and been so like, diligent with my finances and what I hope to kind of share with other people is like being a part of a community to talk about it openly will help you reach your goals. Cause you don't want to feel alone. Like that's how you you just won't do it. And I find there, there are a lot of uh, American fire bloggers or or the the American fire community is pretty big. Yeah. And, and I think looking at it, I think a lot of people realize like during, after the financial crisis, there, there are more fire folks because people just realize it's not, you know, you can't depend on your job. Or your job, your, yeah, exactly. Right. So, so that I think that's that's the point where fire grew pretty big. But I really wish there would be more fire folks in. Well, Canada. hopefully, after this episode, you'll inspire people, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so different between U.S. and Canada. Right? I know. Like, Canada, we don't have to care about the healthcare. Hopefully, I know. Still, not going. Right? Thank God, we're so lucky. Yeah. Um, but but just the you know TFSA RSP is is completely different than the U.S. So yeah. 
so the more the more fire people we have in Canada, the better because then we could we could learn from each other. Yeah. You know, talking about the different strategies. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, if you want to, if you're listening to this and you want to get to on the reach out to Bob. Meetings, yeah, reach out to me. <laughs> start today, and yeah, that'll be great. I mean. I'm, I could always learn. I, I love learning from, yeah. from other people and talking Absolutely. about various topics. I mean, you know, I, I'm not an expert or anything. I'm just on my journey, right? Yeah, and you're doing if it. Somebody is on the journey. We could we could learn from each other. That that would be great. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me about this. I feel like this is a subject that I have not really um, had on the show, so I feel like it's going to be uh, a really it'll open up people's eyes as it did for me when I, I learned about fire. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this is awesome. You mean I could do this? Heck yeah! <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much. Before I let you go, where can people find you if they want to learn more information? You could find me on my blog. Uh, www.talkin.com that's spelled T-A-W-C-A-N or just Google T-A-W-C-A-N or mm-hmm. I think if you Google my name Bob Lai uh, mm-hmm. L-A-I you'll, you'll find me although the first one might be my photography uh, I know there's website. another yeah <laughs> <laughs> so awesome great well thank you again it was a pleasure chatting with you no problem and that was episode 141 with Bob Lai from Talkhan. you can check him out at talkhan.com and that's spelled T-A-W-C-A-N for Taiwanese, Canadian, easy peasy to remember. Uh, but again, you can also check out the show notes for more details about everything that we talked about at jessicmorehouse.com slash 141. And uh, even though Bob, and I absolutely loved it that he really did kind of go in de- uh, depth about what his personal investment strategy is, uh, you know, it is maybe not something, uh, maybe you're just like, ah, that sounds a little bit uh, more advanced than I'm used to. If you're a beginning investor, I don't want this to kind of put you off or scare you off um, because the important thing with investing is literally just starting, starting as soon as you possibly can. It is one one of the, even though I'm not perfect, I have absolutely made some mistakes in my uh, personal finance journey. Um, the one thing that I did get absolutely right even though I did make some mistakes in between, is getting started as soon as I can, which was uh, in my kind of mid-20s. And now I'm in my early 30s. I'm so thankful that I did start to even put like $100 away um, in, you know, uh, at at the time, again, it was uh, Tangerine Index Funds. Um, Because even though I felt like that really wasn't that much money, well, fast forward seven, eight years, it has grown and grown because I kept on adding to it. Whenever I started to earn more money, I would kind of increase that uh, you know amount, and uh, now I'm I'm quite happy with the trajectory of my um, uh, investments, and I'll also hope to uh, you know like Bob achieve financial independence with my husband one day. So I don't want you to feel like you have to like you know invest in stocks to do what Bob is doing. Start small. Start uh, you know with some kind of strategy that is simple and that works with your risk tolerance and just don't be afraid to even get started. And again, if you have any specific questions, hit me up, Jessica at JessicaMorehouse.com. And Bob also is so happy to help too. You can email him uh, and there's uh, some information about that uh, in the show notes and on his website. Uh, now, I have a couple things that I definitely want to let you know about. Uh, but before I uh, you know, get to that important information, here's just a few words about this episode sponsor. Support for this episode comes from Tangerine Investments. I don't have enough money. I'm worried that I'll lose it all. I don't know enough about investing. It's just too complex for me. Have you ever thought like this before? You're not alone. 
but that still shouldn't stop you from investing your money and putting it to work toward your financial goals. And a great way to do this is through long-term index-based investing, which you can do easily through Tangerine. Tangerine offers low-cost, diversified investment funds. And the best part is you can get started without ever having to leave your couch. You can learn more at tangerine.ca slash investments. Once again, that's tangerine.ca slash investments. Okay, so some important info that I definitely don't want you to miss out on. So first, my next book club is coming up super, super quickly uh, on Wednesday, February 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern time is when I'm going to have my next book club. We are currently reading uh, The Year of Less by Kate Flanders, who will also make an appearance on the podcast this season. So look forward to that. Um, But basically, if you're new to this whole book club thing, I started it back in the summer as a way to kind of promote financial literacy and get people excited to read financial books uh, and to just, you know, uh, make them aware that there are some really damn awesome, not dry and boring financial books out there, I promise. And so uh, this is uh, number four. And uh, basically, it all takes place on Facebook. Uh, I do a Facebook Live with the author. This time, Kate will be joining me. And we're going to broadcast it live on my Facebook page and also in my Facebook group, the Money Life Balance Community. Um and basically, all you have to do to uh, take part is read the book, write down and note down any questions that you have to ask the author about the book, and uh, join us live Wednesday, February 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on my Facebook page or in the Facebook group, and then ask your questions live to Kate. That is it. It is a really cool opportunity to read the book and get to know the author, you know, and ask your burning questions in real time. So I hope you join us for more information and to make sure you get notifications uh, about it, just go to jessicamorehouse.com slash book club. I'll also include notes uh, about this in the show notes. So uh, check those out too. And now I want to do something that I have not done for a while. I didn't do it throughout the whole season five. Sorry, forgive me. Um, But I've been getting a ton of iTunes reviews and I really appreciate it. So it is my time to give back and give some shout outs to some awesome people who left me some lovely iTunes reviews. Uh, This one is from Shy2526 from Canada. Uh, I've been listening to Jessica's podcast for the last year and really like her down to earth approach. A lot of money podcasts talk just about debt or complicated investments, but Jessica has a good variety of all money topics and it is always easy to understand. She has a range of guests and always pipes up and with her own life experience as well. I cannot help myself. I do like to talk. <laughs> um, please do a millennial money meetup up next time you are in Vancouver. And this was uh, actually given to me on June 28th. So I did. I went to Vancouver. I did a meetup and I can't wait to do another one. Um, one more. This is from Greek Canadian from Canada, obviously. They say trying, they say trying to pay off my line of credit. Uh, dead. And this show was just what I needed since I have a lots of time on my hands because my job involves driving countless hours on the highway. Jessica being a Canadian and not taking yourself too seriously is definitely a bonus. Keep it up, Jess. Uh, you're right. I do not take myself seriously because if I did, I would probably get a ton more evil reviews. <laughs> Believe me, I get some nasty reviews, but uh, they never get shout outs, so you'll never know what they are. All right, let's do a couple good ones uh, after that fabulous one. Uh, this one is from Movie Hound from Canada. 
Canada. Podcasts are well thought out and contain valuable information. All right. Uh, you know, simple and to the point. I like it. Efficient. Efficient. Uh, last one for today. Stacy from Sudbury from Canada. Ooh. Uh, one of my fave podcasts right now for sure. It makes the time on the elliptical flyby. You're so genuine and relatable and likable. I love it. Ooh, a little emoji of like a, what was that? The fingers, you know, when the fingers are like, yeah, perfect or yes, spot on. Anyways, I, I don't, I'm not very good with my emojis, but thank you for the emoji. I love emojis. Um, and thank you everyone who left me a review. I'm going to try my darndest this season to get through every single review and give every single person who left me one a uh, special shout out on an episode. So keep them coming. All you have to do is go to iTunes uh, to leave me a review. It takes like a minute. You can do it on your phone while you're just like waiting for somebody. Uh, also Stitcher, if you leave me a review on YouTube, wherever you want, give them and I will give back and shout you out. Uh, Thanks for listening to this episode. I'll see you back here tomorrow because I have a listener series episodes you will not want to miss. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.